Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Stop. Hammer time, and uh, it's uh, I have to say, it's a very giddy uh, stop. Hammer time, uh, not because we stood up too quickly, uh, or that we haven't eaten today, uh, because we've just been talking to Tony Carr for a very long time. Uh, and uh, it's uh, myself, uh, Jim Grant. Hello, Jim. Good evening. Hiya, and uh, radio producer and podcast maker, uh, Mark Sandell. Good evening, Phil. Good evening, Jim. Hello, Mark. Uh, yes, well, we've been together for for an hour already talking to Tony Carr, and oh, what a brilliant bloke! Yeah, amazing, fantastic. Uh, yeah, really, I mean, really great. And, and fab- that- fabulous stories. And 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 I mean, just I know it's an obvious thing to say, but absolutely, Mister Claret and Blue. I mean, real. Yeah. Know, just yeah. just tremendous and tremendous love and affection for the club and doing things the right way and yeah. kind of everything you'd expect. I mean, magic, really lovely. It was a real pleasure to speak to. Yeah, absolutely, was. absolutely. Uh, and so we're now uh, going to talk about uh, the three games that we haven't covered in one of these yet, which is uh, our um, narrow defeat to Liverpool, our narrow defeat to Seville and our victory over Aston Villa. Um we saw uh, we've seen a sort of turnaround in in form, haven't we? Uh, even though two of those games were defeats, I think we saw a better a better iteration of West Ham United on the pitch. It felt like we sort of got our mojo back a bit. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I I I really feel it feels very frustrating to be talking about three those three performances and uh, and only one win really, um, yeah. and two defeats. So. Particularly that I thought the Liverpool game. I look back on that, and that was a real missed opportunity because it's not often we go to Anfield and create so many good uh, openings and opportunities. You know, it was a, it was a real, very rare opportunity to get something from a game at Anfield. They were on a, they were slightly off it, weren't they? Yeah. Um, they played that very risky high line against us, and and tactically we cracked it open. Time and time again, uh, Canati had a nightmare against Antonio, who was magnificent uh, all game. 
and we only have ourselves to blame. We should have won Absolutely. that game. I don't think, I don't, you know, it should have been three points, never mind one point. Um, and, and they must be kicking themselves because um, we had two two or three golden opportunities just to stick the ball in the net, you know? Well, the, uh, I was just, before we, uh, before we uh, you know, came on the Zoom, I was looking at the Liverpool, Southampton and Seville games and if you in those games we we had a combined total of thirty three shots, twelve on target. We had sixteen corners, and in those three games we managed one goal. Yeah, yeah. And and as you say, that kind of stats yeah. you know don't often lie. No, no, no. It was. I mean, there were, there were the Liverpool one, the the, the Lanzini just blasting it over the bar, and uh, yeah. the just the. The undercooked dink from four hours. I mean, yeah. that should have he just didn't hit it hard enough. It was it was perfect direction, good idea, um, but just didn't hit it hard enough. The defender got back. It's like, oh come on, come on! And you've done all the hard work. You've brilliantly yeah. timed a run to spring the offside trap. It's a great ball in. I think it was from Johnson. Uh, you know, just 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 at least make the goalkeeper work. Or yeah. you know, it was you so. Felt, but the game at the London Stadium, one of the reasons why we did so well in that game was that we just kept going. We kept going and we refused. And and you just felt if one of those early chances had gone in, there was that sort of sense of kind of here we go again. Because Liverpool weren't great. I mean, the, the way they celebrated at the end of that game. Mm. Yes. You know, you'd have, thought it was, you'd have thought it was a Champions League quarterfinal. You know, that, they knew they'd got away yeah. with something there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Moyes has, got, Moyes has got his tactics generally right against Liverpool over the last few games. Even games that we've, we've lost, we've been a little bit unlucky or, or, or lost narrowly and created chances or scored goals in the game, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was uh, very, very frustrating. They must have been hugely frustrated, I, I, I would imagine, um, coming off after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Antonio hit one into the side netting, I think. Uh, yeah. And uh, similarly with uh, Seville, uh, I didn't see that game. Um, but uh, certainly in the highlights, you know, Vlasic really absolutely got his head onto one. But unfortunately, he's just too close to the keeper. Um, it is a good save from the keeper because Vlasic heads it very hard. So the keeper gets his hand up. You know, it's a reaction save. The keeper gets his hand up to it very quickly but it is sort of you know yeah, kind of it's not a on target bad miss actually i think he he's he, he just got uh, i think his eyes lit up it's it's an unusual situation for him he hasn't you know he's not playing playing regularly he's not you know it's it's where we lack that kind of natural finisher uh, he was in the right place at the right time for, credit for that he also got another shot uh, on target by the way that the keeper made a, a really good save down low at the, at the near post and he was lively in that first half message, but I, mm. oh, you've just got to do, you know, you in, at that level in those games, those sorts of chances have to be taken. And yeah. we we lost. I mean, with that game was a, it was a different kind of game to the Liverpool one, um, as you would have expected. You know, a lot cagier, and 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 we had our moments, um, but we lost to a to a an absolute sucker punch goal, wasn't it? Like a training ground. Mm. Move um, beautifully, ta- beautifully taken, a brilliantly hit half volley, um, sort of side foot half volley. But you've got three players on the edge of the six yard, but one of them has got to be seeing him and closing. So, you know, we are occasionally guilty of ball watching at the back, and that was a bad piece of ball watching. And you know, I don't think there's any individual you'd 
you'd, you'd blame, but collectively, defensively, that was a poor goal. To, although, yeah, it was a great shot, but it was a poor goal to give away. There was a couple of interests in the build-up to that. That firstly, the way their crowd—I wasn't there, obviously—but you could, you know, tell it. It's very rarely that you can barely hear the West Ham fans, and there were good, there were a good few of us there. It was the way the crowd stepped up that noise yeah. in a way that we have to do on Thursday. Yes. You know, we, we we mustn't get frustrated after the first ten minutes if we you know, we miss a couple of chances or whatever. They lifted it, and it really did suddenly feel, even though, and it really turned the team. You know, really turned them on, which I thought, yeah. was, I thought, <laughs> tremendous. That whole twelfth man thing really, yes, uh, it was came a cauldron, there. a real cauldron. Um, but second, having said that, you know, we 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 stood toe to toe with them, didn't we? And didn't didn't look out of place. We played some very nice. Some of our passing was really sharp and crisp uh, especially in the first half uh sorry in the second half and um they yeah you know that that goal came a bit out of nothing they had some pressure but it came a bit out of nothing didn't it that that got that goal we wouldn't have said you know we were, we were comfortable apart from that against them and um but you've got to be him, that that 10 minutes after they scored it was know, a bit it was it was a little bit hairy, but you know, to be to be fair to that team, they dug deep, really. Did. And you know, at that point, you know, if it was, uh, you know, you'd have said, "Look, can we just take one nil now?" You know, um, but in actual fact, we still created some chances and got back into yeah. it again, didn't we? You know, yeah. And yeah. So that's got to give us yeah. some encouragement. You just feel that this is a team that is incredibly savvy. They know their way around this, don't they? And I know that's obvious because of the time. And we kept being reminded in the commentary just how many times they'd won it. Yes. Thanks very much. It kind of belonged to them. Yeah, all right. Apologies yeah. that we're here. You know, I'm sorry about that, but we are going to do our best as well. You know, and it, but you can, you can, you know, even with a weakened side, losing Rakitic in the warm-up. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I thought they were, they were pretty impressive. You know, oh, they oh they are. I mean, they were and they were. I mean, they're second in the league. They've only lost two games in the league all season. They haven't lost at home, I don't think, in the, in the league. Conceded the fewest goals as well in the league. And 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 they don't concede many. And they, they, you know, it's going to be very very difficult. I, I mean, so, you know, so on that point, they don't concede. They don't concede many goals. They've conceded no. the fewest in the league. When I just read out those stats, no, okay, we got two. I know we're going to come to it in a minute. We, we managed to get two on Sunday. But it does seem it's quite a big ask for us to get two on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. With no, possibly uh, no Antonio. Um, you know. Okay. I mean the the and no Boeing. and no Boeing. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, now a lot's going to fall on Yarmolenko and you know Lanzini and the midfielders and you know I, I'm assuming he would would start with Yarmolenko if you get some more training and yeah. you know you you would assume. Um, but it's quite a big ask, a team that's very, yeah. very hard to break down, that's got the advantage already. Um, you know, it's 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 a big ask. Um, yeah, but I think it's, you know, potentially, as you say, I think I think the crowd will be aware of that. It will be noisy. And, and you know, I, I, I think we're, we, we are difficult to beat as well. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. If we can get if we can get one early, if we get one in the first, it becomes a totally different game, doesn't it? Because then they're going to have to, because they they will be tight and 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 there'll be a lot of shithousery and it'll be frustrate, you know, they'll be frustrating us and it'll be difficult. Um, the one thing you say about the one good thing about you kind of isn't Yarmolenko coming. He's got bags of experience at, the, at this level, isn't it? At this kind of game where things aren't and things aren't going to be quite the hurly burly and hectic, you know, scuffle of a of a, of a Premier League game. 
so te- he's technically a, a very good footballer, as we saw from his finish uh, at the weekend. So, you know, it's, it's not the worst situation for, to, 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 for him to be coming coming into the team. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the thinness of the squad is starting to be exposed now, isn't it? A bit. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, we, I think what you what you said at the beginning, Phil, you know, look, and both of you sort of said that we we do seem to have picked up in the last few games. And yes, we, we only got the one win out of the last three that we're talking about. There is still, an, um, a, to me, a huge undercurrent of knackeredness in that team. You know, there yeah. is still that. There's still, I mean, look at Thomas Suchek, a pale, sorry, but I mean, brilliant, but a pale shadow of. You know what he was like. You know, you still. This is a team that you feel is just about clinging on by its fingertips. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, uh, and the sort of thing is that the squad was reflected uh, in uh, you know missing uh, Sufal and Bowen down one flank yesterday. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah. both of, you know the knock-on effect to both of our flanks was very apparent, uh, and in fact, was sort of improved by. Um, you know, moving Johnson to the other side and bringing Fredericks on. Um, yes, it was. You know, those were two substitutions that, uh, you know, didn't weaken the team and, if anything, made it a little better. And and the players that went off were Antonio and Cresswell, two, you know, must-have players. Uh, and we, we you know, changed them for uh, Yarmolenko, who's the subject of quite a lot of derision. Uh, in um, social media amongst uh, some West Ham fans uh, and Fredericks, who's not fancied by a lot either. And uh, um, we scored two goals. True. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... I, I, I'm glad, sorry, I'm just going to say one thing. I'm glad you mentioned yeah. Ben Johnson. I think he's been well, I think he's been outstanding in these last two games. Mm-hmm. In the last... In fact, in fact, yeah, all three. I think he's been absolutely... He was brilliant. very, very good against Seville, I thought. He, he was. was. He looked very mature. At home. Very defensively solid. He didn't have his best 45 minutes in the first half against Villa and was better when he shifted to the left, interestingly, as, as Phil has said. Yeah, I mean, and that's absolutely right. You know, we, we created nothing down our right-hand side in that in that first half. Every attack came down the left with Ben Rama and Gresswell um, uh, and Lanzini linking up. Um, and Fredericks came on. Uh, actually, I think slightly changed the game. I mean, I, you know, it, it, was, yeah. it was an enforced substitution, but... He's got pace, he overlaps, he crosses, um, you know, he does all the things you want an attacking fullback to do, which curiously Ben Johnson doesn't do when he plays as a conventional right fullback. And and, and, and yet on the left-hand side, he was happy to sort of, mm. he went on one marauding run, brilliant marauding run, didn't he, near, near mm. the end of the mm. game. Um, you think, well, why don't you do that when you're... <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're a right back, it was it was a bit strange, really. I thought, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the, the the goals were good. You know, um, Yamo tight in the box, brilliant, brilliant finish, um, and then you know Rice doing what Rice does. You know, win the ball deep, drive forward with it. You know, decent weighted pass, and then and then Fornells pops up on the on. You know, he's always in space in the penalty area. He doesn't always finish well, but. He gets in the right positions. It was very appropriate for that game that uh, part of um, Rice's contribution to that goal was winning the ball, holding his hands out, going, I got the ball! <laughs> thinking that the referee's going to And then continuing his run uh, and then passing to Fornals. Um, uh, sorry, Ben Rama. Um, uh, because... 
their shithousery was unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, uh, there was, was one other game this season. I think it might have been Brentford. Though. Brentford. The, 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 the two biggest shithouses until Saturday, Sunday have been Brentford and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, you know, nonsense, yeah. kicking the ball away, substitutes kicking the ball away, surrounding the ref, Arteta grabbing a player and putting him back on the pitch when he's been treated for cramp. But Villa will be in my top three of this season. I did like that thing on Twitter when somebody did a heat map of the Aston Villa physio, <laughs> and it was kind of all over the... <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely extraordinary. When things are going against you, just sit down and um, feign an injury. Having said believe. that, though, the referee was shocking. And, I mean, it was summed up, his lack of kind of clarity and authority, and, and it, it was summed up uh, in the second half, yet another Villa player had gone down and was being treated off the pitch. But I think there was some rule about it, it has to be at the side that the treatment goes on, not, not at the end, isn't it? I don't know, because the mm. referee was saying, no, you have to go to the side. And they were just looking at him and ignoring him. And in the end, like a very weak schoolmaster who's got a kid who's got a recalcitrant because he's just not going to do his little, he just gave, the referee just gave up. Instead of actually asserting his authority, if he wants them to go and stand on the side, fucking well, make them stand at the side. Yeah. Don't just kind of go, oh, no, you've got to go at the side. Oh, oh, oh all right, then you stay there. And yeah. that, he suddenly came across as a supply teacher. His yeah. utter yeah. lack of, <laughs> his utter lack of, all, I, I thought he was fucking useless. And, and it, it's, I find this time and time again when when we watch the Euros and when you watch the guy the guy who who um, officiated our game against Seville, commanding, totally clear, right. lets totally the right. game go, waves people to get up when they're kind of rolling around pretending. You know, the, the standard of refereeing on the continent is so much higher. It seems to me there's a real problem in 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 refereeing in the Premier League. It is dreadful at the moment. Worse is uh, almost the worst it's ever been. I think. But what, what I didn't understand about it, and I, and I in our area, I, I, um, one of our spare tickets had gone to a very good mate of mine who is a Villa fan, and he said that you know his, his thing with Gerard, he's, he seems to, he, his attitude was that he that they set out to kind of soak soak it up, you know, disrupt, and then they kind of push forward, and well. But they weren't. It wasn't like they were fighting for their lives for relegation. I think. Why? What was the point of that first half? I know we weren't great either. I get that. But what was the point of that? It just. It was a, I, a dreadful spectacle. I mean, come, yeah. yes, it was. And they come across to me as a team that sort of, kind of, a bit like you know, it's just acquired players like an licorice all sorts of. Oh, he's available. Oh, it'd be good. Oh, Coutinho, he's my mate. He can come. Um, so they've got Buendia in as their creative player. Now they've got Coutinho, so they can't really play those two, you know. Are they going to start those two in the same? It, it, you know, they've got they've got a sort of, actually, man for man, good, you know, you just said, actually, on paper, their team looks it, it, better than ours in some respect. Um, but they lacked coherence. They, 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 they don't add up to, you know, add up to less than the sum of their parts, and we added up to more than the sum of our parts. I, I thought everybody knows their job. We're very coherent, very tight, difficult to break down. Coutinho had a lot of the ball. They let him have the ball in the centre circle. He, he patted around, the, twatted about in the centre circle with it all day long, didn't he? As soon as he got forward, he was absolutely closed down by Rice and Suchet and had no space. And, and he hardly played a forward pass in the game. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I thought, I thought our... Um, uh... Mid- midfield performance was really good. I thought, okay. you know, even a kind of not fully functioning, perhaps Suchek, uh 
was very busy, cl- closed them down, yeah, so put himself around, uh, as did Rice, you know, and uh, they worked very well with our, our, our defence. You know, they didn't really give Villa much of a sniff, you know. Um, uh, you know, it was a, we had to give a goal away. <laughs> um, yeah. Can I ask, can I ask, you know, because again, in our little area of two four one, um, there's a little bit of a dispute of uh, about Saeed Ben Rama, which, well, you know, I know you, mm. you, it's played out on Twitter every day. Um, and one particular idiot in our area said, "God, he's hardly done anything today, has he?" And the bloke in front turned round and said to me, because I was that idiot, <laughs> "Well, he laid on both the goals." So yeah. what else would you like here? I still feel he gives the ball away too much. Mm. I still feel he flickers. He doesn't, get, you know, he came on in, in Seville, didn't he? And, and been pressed for a few minutes, didn't he? He came on and, and faded away. And yeah. then faded away. And yeah. I know he's provided the two assists. So, um, you know, I was that idiot. But where, where do you stand on the on the bed well, question well, as it is at the moment? It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, we, we said, didn't we, first five minutes, he made a couple of breaks. He had a shot. Um, tested the keeper. We said he looked really up for it, didn't he we? Up for it. You know, yeah. um, but then he did that. He, he is one of those players that drifts a little bit in and out of games. Um, I like him more as a when he plays when he plays that number ten central central role. Than I don't think he's actually really a winger. Um, he's got great feet. He's got he's got great skills. His his decision making sometimes is. Is, is not the best, um, but he clocks up the assists. You know, I mean, he is, he's he's being. You can't say he's not been in his West Ham career productive because the, the stats will tell you otherwise in terms <laughs> of assists. Yeah. He's not been. Yeah. He's, he was a free scoring player at Brentford, and he hasn't yeah. looked like being a free scoring player at this level. But I think he played a more central key role. I think he's having to adapt to being. Like he's the flair player, isn't he? And in a way, the flair player in a Moyes team has to adapt to being first and foremost an effective part of the team mm. unit. And you can see that he's done that. You know, he does his fair share of tracking back and his defensive work. He's not, but I don't think that that's. I think that's. I think there's an ongoing process of adaptation going on. Really, whether or not ultimately he's going to kind of suddenly click and start banging them in as well. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Sure. I mean, and, and to be fair, he's played well in Europe. Um, but yeah. I just feel that if it is a choice, when you've got a full-strength side and it is a choice between Lanzini and Ben Rama, it's always going to be Lanzini. Oh, he's a better, Lanzini is the better footballer, no question in my mind. And, and what a joy it is to see a, this season a, a kind of reborn Lanzini, really. He's, he's just been fantastic, hasn't he? Ben Rama's uh, on-board computer is a thing of mystery to me because he will he will sort of just hit it into the legs of a defender standing in front of yes, him. Right? Often. I don't know if it's like he's trying to bend it round them. You know, so Felipe Anderson would do that very often. You, you, you know, you you wouldn't notice the brilliantly accurate passes that he made with huge frequency, but you did notice the ones where he just 
bewilderingly hit it straight into the legs of the player in front of him mm. and often would that would be a a kind of um an a, you know a sacking or an overturn that would lead to us getting into some quite considerable trouble because it was sort of in the middle of the park and it suddenly turned the initiative to the other team and uh, ben rama does the same thing and, and you know we've seen him shoot at you know have a shot into a forest of legs that's just got yes. no yes. no yeah. chance of going into the goal, but he does it anyway. And some of those passes, I think he he sees a claret and blue shirt sort of in front of him, goes, I'll pass it to him, but somehow has failed to notice the enormous, you know, defender standing in front of him, it just ricochets into his legs. And I don't understand what's happening. And it reminds me of all those montages they used to play of David Gower wafting outside of off stump and getting caught in the slips. And people saying, did you not see those fielders behind you? you yeah, know? yeah. And, and, it, and it, there is a bit of that with Ben Rama. And it's, it's, it's odd because he's clearly a creative player. He's clearly got a footballing brain, but there are times when it seems to desert him. And that's why I find it very, very frustrating. And yes, he provided two assists in a team that hasn't been scoring for a few games. Yeah. But I'm still, the, the jury is clearly still out, you know, for me anyway. But um, yeah, are we going to talk about the, the, the Yama moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a really moving moment. I, I, I actually, I think, just, you know, brought uh, tears to my eyes. I, 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 it was, um, yeah, you know, it was something that somehow kind of, you know, the emotion of and, 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 the, and the horror of everything that's going on somehow, somehow came to, to, in this moment to be something, you know, that felt moving, but but also positive, you know. Um, Ian Wright, as of 10 minutes ago, was still being pumped by fluids through an IV drip because he's been been literally crying constantly since uh, Match of the Day 2. We're talking about that. He loves a cry, Ian Wright. Um, It it, it reminded me in a little way of when um, we were playing Chelsea the season we went down and Paolo was on the bench and uh, and people kept texting me going, it's made, Paolo's going to come on and he's going to yeah. get the winner in his last game yeah, up yeah. to part. And you go, bollocks, it doesn't happen like that. It certainly doesn't happen like that at West Ham. Sure enough, he does it. And when Yarmulenko came on, there was I know there can't have been a person in that crowd who wouldn't have thought, it's nil-nil, he's Please. come on. This, yeah. this, you know, this could be the moment. And... And of course, when it was, you're right. It was, you know, I, you know, everywhere you look, you had kind of tears in your eyes. But it's almost hard to put your finger on exactly why, though, isn't it? But no, it I is. You know, if you saw what I mean, you know, a guy's yes. come on. Barney Rono wrote about it in the Guardian, and he said, you know, there may be a flicker somewhere that somebody going through a terrible time will yes, register that. that. Yarmolenko, yeah, it was, it was a good piece. You know, Yarmolenko had scored, and even for just for a second. You know, and everything he's been through and thinking about his family and all. I get all of that on a personal level. But it just was just magic, wasn't it? It was a really little special moment. Yeah, yeah. And fair uh, play to the Villa fans, you know. And the, and the Villa players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I, you know, it was a good moment. Was it was just class. a good moment, wasn't it? It was a moment where, you know, uh, the football felt, felt as though it was a sort of a good thing, um, you know, in contrast to the what was going on at Stamford Bridge was just a game between, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't, I'm still slightly staggered by the fact they've allowed Saudi Arabia to, to own Newcastle. I, I still find that slightly beyond belief really, but there you mm, go. Mm, mm. Um, can I also just, uh, having slightly picked on Ben Rama, 
Um, a small round of applause for um, Lucas Fabianski again. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, just those times when he gets on the job, and you and you watch it back after, you think, Jesus, they were a couple of really good saves there. Good in a game yeah. that we feel that we've slightly trotted to win, Fabianski's yeah. kept us in it again. Yeah. 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 No, he's 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 uh, he's been good. He's had some good games recently, but I think that's because Ariola is clearly now pushing for. Mm. For the number one jerseys, isn't he? So I think that's good. That's that's a very good example of good competition for places. I think an yeah, example yeah. we clearly failed to follow when it came to the January transfer window. Yeah. Oh well. well. But I mean, that's why you know that, that's why I'm going back to Suchek. There was a stat I think again probably it was probably Roshan saying that in the Athletic that in the whatever it was 75 games league games that he's played. Up until the Wolves game, seventy-one of them he's done ninety minutes in them. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, and he and generally uh, runs further than anyone else on the pitch well, in a game. As an outfield player, since September, again, I'm crediting the Athletic here. Since September 2020, he's the he's covered the furthest distance of any outfield player in the Premier League. Yeah, the only person who's covered, you know, who's played sorry played more minutes is I think Loris, who's played more minutes than Suchek oh, wow. in that time period. Yeah, you, you know, it's going to tell it. I mean, he is a sort of a, a remarkable physical specimen, isn't he? He's like he's like kind of Lassie Viren or something, you know. It's got that kind of long-distance runner's physique yeah. and, and heart yeah. and lungs. Um, but it's got to tell, hasn't it? It's got to tell. You know, Ooh. he's also... T- it's because it's battered around the head all yeah. the time, isn't it? It's like kind yeah, of... I mean, it does. <laughs> it's like it does. constantly got a black eye or a head, you know, stitches or... You know, um, he's like one of these people as well. Is that when he gets a couple of days off, he goes and does a couple of triathlons or some uh, yeah. cross country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, absolutely. You know, and, and um, so I think yeah, there are. You can relax, Thomas. You know, just for a little bit, if you want to. You know, yeah, absolutely. Sort of, you so you know, one wonders what's going on with Kral because I, you know, whenever I've seen him, I don't think he's been dire. Um, right, yeah. And in fact, he was actually good in the Manchester United League Cup win. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and he's, I mean, you know, he's played a decent level. I mean, he scored the winner against Seville in a Europa League match. Yeah. As Alex Kral. So, mm. uh, you, you know, you wonder what, what it is that's, 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 because he's the obvious player to give Suchek a break, isn't he? You know, yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Weird. He's not yeah. going to get any better by not playing. You know, no. it's, it's sort of, it seems a very, yeah, it's bewildering. You know, we were speculating that there was some, you know, some sort of clause, some ridiculous clause that was Maybe. affecting his, um, you know, the amount he was allowed to appear. Um yeah, it is strange. But I mean, so, you know, talking of sort of strengthening in the January transfer window, you know, part of my response to sort of some of that, you know, they're incompetent idiots, Moyes, Sullivan, Gold, Brady, they're just utterly incompetent. It was like, who's out there? Who, you know, one of those players that uh, people were probably very much going, uh, you know, we should get him, we should get him, was Danny Ings, who was taken off. Uh, you know, uh, having not really sort of, you know, done anything. I don't think I've come wood, really. No, I'm not, I think a player that came up was, uh, I think, Veghorst, wasn't it? Was it Veghorst at Burnley? I think that's a player that you think, well, how could they have gone in and, you yeah. know, I think, uh, you know, and again, you know, and I take Moyes' point, which he's made very clear, that if you're not going to bring players in, you're going to improve what you've got 
and yeah. also are going to be around for longer than you know. We, we, you know, it'd be daft of us bringing in two or three players that we know damn well are going in the summer. That would just be yeah. stupid. Yeah. But a little bit of competition, and we saw when Antonio broke down on Sunday, it was only a matter of time before that happens, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And and then you suddenly feel, right, what will happen if we don't win on Thursday and then we lose to Tottenham on Sunday? I'm just, again, you know, I'm sort of yeah. playing those sort of... And then all of a sudden, well, maybe the best we can do is seventh. We're out of all the cups now. And you've got to wonder whether just a couple of... Just a yes, couple of yes, days totally out of the championship or something. I take it again, Phil. You know, speculate to accumulate. Sometimes I, I just, you know, we knew that there was an issue with the, with just the depth. So the loan market needs to be you know, needs to be explored. What what I, I accept to a certain extent, I accept what you say. I, I, and I'm not necessarily against this policy of making sure the players you bring in are the right players and are going to improve the team and our first team players. I get all that, and I think that I think that's fair enough. So I'm not one of the people who kind of. Get, you know, uh, think that they're blindingly incompetent. However, what buff- what baffled me about it was the fact that suddenly there was this. They clearly did want to bring people in, um, and suddenly there's there was this this weird kind of flurry of bids and activity again. The last two days, when when it was clearly, and you think, well, if you wanted to get Calvin Phillips or Rapinha, it should have been right on day one of the transfer window opening. It should have gone in with the unit. You know, that they should have been a an attempt clearly to try and try and get that deal line earlier rather than why wait until I mean something you know and, and, also, and, was, and were those bids really bids or were they were they part of some bit, kind of attempt to persuade yeah. was it newspaper talk we, you know I, and it was it was all a bit odd I thought you know and what's uh, the point uh, of bidding for players who clearly aren't for sale no I mean, that's, that's right yeah it seems bizarre yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was very, very weird. It's like sort of going, we're going to offer £30 million for Mason Mount. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just been nice, yeah. <laughs> nice for him to come and play for us. You know, we'd like him, we'd like him to play for us. So we've, we've decided to offer some money for him. Because <laughs> that's yeah. how you do it, isn't it? You yeah, offer yeah. a bit of money yeah, and then they come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll probably want a bit more than you offer. But that's what negotiation is. <laughs> I wonder if Lingard is regretting not coming in the summer, though. Now, do we, do we think that that was his call, or do we? Yeah, I mean, because there's some know. stuff about whether Man United would sell to maybe well, it sounds daft, yeah. but a rival, you know. And also, was he made promises? But, uh, and... They didn't know. I mean, the rival bit makes sense for January, but I don't. Did anyone really think we were going to repeat the trick at the start of this? At the start of this season, I think most people possibly even Hard and West Ham fans thought, oh, that was good at coming sixth. We'll probably finish about 10th or 12th this time around. We'll go back to somewhere like normal. And I imagine most people would have thought, I don't, I don't think Manchester United at the start of the season mm. thought of us as a rival. Um, no. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, you know, I, I, lo- I love what he did with, with us and I would love to have him back. Um, and I, I, I hope he isn't regretting it because, you know, I thought he, his whole attitude when he came was so fantastic. He never, ever gave the impression that this was somehow a drop down for him. No. And, and he lifted us all. I mean, it just felt like an instant fine. fit, didn't it? Just yeah. like felt, felt yeah. two things just coming together. He, he, we're right for him. He was right for us. You know, it seemed strange not to not to just build on, you know, it seemed so obvious. Um, he was very often the third man running, as we learned this evening. Yeah, the third yeah. Third man running, yeah. yeah the yeah, third man absolutely. running. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, it was. Uh, was I mean, I'm always slightly worried that, that, you know, it was such a good cameo that... Uh, in, could in we that, repeat it? Yeah, that, there could yeah. be the uh, Harita Ilunga, yeah. Ilunga effect, that when they're sort of on loan and playing for a contract, they're great, and the second <laughs> the ink's dry on the paper, they, their form falls off a cliff. And also just, you know, he's 29 or something, I just, I keep wondering, because, you know, I've always wanted, you know, I always thought, I, I always liked the look of Andros Townsend, and I always sort of thought we should get him. You know, when he when it didn't work out for him at Spurs, I thought we should get him. And I've always liked Nathan Redmond, but I thought the second we sign them will be the season their legs go. You know, because they're yeah, all. Be, I certainly wouldn't have Redmond now, but a few years ago, yeah. I was like, we should get that Redmond guy. He's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. Andros Townsend have always felt the same. But again, I sort of think the second he comes to us, the legs will go. You know. Um, and I was worried, you know, in that respect about Jesse Lingard, especially since it seemed Ben Rama was possibly going to really go to a different level this season. And I don't think that's entirely happened, though, you know, um, all the points we made in our discussion about him are still valid. Um, I suppose we should get on to uh, predictions. Oh, yeah. Well, well we've got uh, some well, two, spot, two to talk mm. about, haven't we? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it 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 sort of um, you know Spurs is Spurs is interesting, isn't it? I mean, I do. Uh, you know, they're they have got good players, and they're you, you know at the moment they've got a manager whose demeanour is doing plenty of work in sort of dropping banana skins in front of them because it just feels like he's fed up and wants to go now. Like his second season at Chelsea, doesn't like it anymore, wants to go. Um, they're not, they're not necessarily firing, but then they, you know, they did put Everton to the sword, and 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 you know, um, but, but 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 got well beaten by a not very, you know. I'm sorry, I know Ronaldo was fantastic, but it yeah. was a great Man United performance that. No, and and they kept pointing out on the commentary how just one simple ball over the top was doing them every time. Yeah, and they, and they still nearly shot themselves in the foot with the Maguire own goal. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm so I'm sorry, but I, you know, as much as I obviously you know love to see Tottenham do well, obviously, <laughs> but when Romero stood over Maguire and laughed in his face when he yeah. put that whole goal in, it made Ronaldo's brilliant header of a winner even sweeter for me. Yeah, I have absolutely. to say, even yeah. sweeter. Um, yeah. And you know, but I, 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 this is the thing. I mean, you know, when you when you've got Son and Kane on the on the part, they're always going to be a problem. They do yeah. love playing yeah. against us. I'm yep. just wondering, and I'd be interested to know what you think about this, is whether a win on Thursday night strengthens our chance of winning against Tottenham or we crash out of the Europa League and is it kind of right, this is all we've got to play for now, mm-hmm. is a place in the league. Will it, will it have any effect? Or is this Moyes team actually way beyond that now? I know, think, that- I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think the Moyes team is a little bit, it's a bit of a machine, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think, they're 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 too swayed by that sort of thing, but I also think that means that they are perhaps slightly less likely than West Ham teams in the past to suddenly pull a miraculous performance. I think they're on a really good level, and I'm not sure. You know, there there have been times, you know, where where you felt, oh, come on, this is a real opportunity. Let's win this, and they haven't quite raised the game in the way you expect they that they they would. 
Um, True, but the, the atmosphere uh, with they, 5,000... The, the cup game against Spurs would be a very good example of that, I think. Mm. Um, but it's so, just whatever, whatever it is, five, 6,000 West Ham fans singing about European tours when Tottenham left the European stage some time ago, it would yeah. it would certainly add to the fun of the afternoon. Yeah. It, it certainly would. It certainly would. Um, I think I think Thursday we've got to be realistic. It's going to be incredibly tough. They're hugely experienced operators. They've got their noses in front. History says they don't very often get 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 pulled back. Um, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be a really exciting night. It's going to go to penalties. I think we'll. I think it's going to be one nil and penalties. Oh right, and and then thank you, Jim. But who's going to? And then. Oh, well... You can't uh, just leave it to penalties. <laughs> Someone's got to win. Our, I think our dreams will fade and die. Uh, uh, Mark, what do you reckon? Well, I just... I, I know it's going to be tingly and magic, isn't it? And they'll do that light show where they dim the light and, you know, it'll be fantastic and we'll all be really fired up for it. And that first 10 minutes, I think we discussed earlier, that first 10, 15 minutes, if the crowd stays with it. We've had some great atmospheres there this season. The, the Liverpool game, the Chelsea yeah, game, yeah, the yeah, Tottenham yeah. game, the Leicester game, even right at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And some of those European nights, the very first one, have been fantastic. And if we can keep that going, I think we'll do it. I think we, we, we could do it. I think we'll, well, okay, I think we will do it. I think we'll do it 2 0 in 90 minutes. Brilliant. Wow, brilliant. Well, uh, it, it depended on all of those things, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. God. I think it might be nil-nil and we'll crash out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sunday... Um, you know, we I went to the Carabao Cup game there and uh, we should have got something out of that. You know, we lost that 2-1 two, two yeah. and we yeah. should have got something out of that. We were battering them in the second half. They, you know, they don't, you, you know, they don't like it when things start not going their way, uh, Spurs, that team. You know, they, they, they don't like it. They go into their shell a little bit. Um, and, uh, they, you know, they were really, they hung on for nearly a half of football in that game and they were you know their fans went mad when they when they won that game you know uh especially since it was against us because that's like their cup final even though it's yeah. literally a quarter <laughs> final um you know they went mad when they won that game absolutely mad because you know i think they knew that they they've they've been in a fight you know so so we we i think we can and we can trouble them at their place, uh, as we did, you know, mm. Pellegrini with um, uh, mm. Antonio's goal and bizarre celebration. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a huge game, isn't it? It is a yeah. huge game. We're, you know, in terms of the overall, end, you know, the end of the season, this is a, you know... Yes, it's we, a genuine... We, 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 we don't want to be seventh or eighth. It's no. a genuine six-pointer yeah. in the old-fashioned sense of the word, because there's a three-point gap between the teams. Yeah. So if we yeah. win it, we go six points ahead of them. Um uh and and then they would have to win both their games in hand and and you know improve their goal difference quite a bit. So yeah, I think it's a massive game. Um I I, I think the injuries will affect us more in that game than than in Seville uh, against mm-hmm. Seville actually. Uh, uh facing Spurs without Antonio or Bowen is more and with yes, Yarmolenko is more of a problem. I yes. Think. Yes. Um, because we rely heavily on on sort of pace and counter attacking to 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 beat them. 
I can't see us. I can't see us getting more than a draw there. I'll go for one-one, but I'll be surprised if we win that. Yeah, that's a good call, Mark. Uh, well, we beat Seville, uh, and we yeah, we may have to lose. We may have to take a defeat. Um, you know, one nil. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a, a one nil win. I'm gonna say oh, oh, oh. I'm gonna say we win one nil. Having said that, uh, a bounce back for you then. A bounce yeah, back from yeah. Seville. We've got bounce back ability, as Ian Dowie. Ian Dowie, yeah, yeah. Once explained. Bounce back ability. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, that's it for this slightly shorter stop hammer time because we've just been talking to Tony Carr for an hour. Uh, as I said, that will be uh, available to listen to in a week or two. I think possibly the Tony Carr one. Um, do buy his book. Uh, a lifetime in football at West Ham United. Uh, I bet it's really good. Um, we try to sort of keep him off stuff that you're going to get in the book and more general stuff in the podcast. But it was great to talk to him. Uh, it's going to be a really good episode. Uh, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant, Dario, and Mark Sandell. Come on, you irons! Come on, you irons! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show. Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.